Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. So it's almost time for my first special guest and obviously we're in lockdown at the moment. So I'm not actually in the Soho Radio studio, I'm in my bedroom. So I want to give you a bit of background on this next interview. For those of you that know me, you probably know me as a musician. You may have seen me perform as a bass player with other artists or you might have listened to my own music um, or seen me beatboxing or something. So one of the other things I do as an artist is I go into a couple of different hospitals with an organisation called Vocal Beats. Um, my particular patient group is paediatrics and then teenagers and young adults. <coughs> and basically what we do is we go into hospitals and we do music with and for patients, sort of depending on what is wanted and needed in the time. Um, and one of the hospitals I go into is uh, Cancer Ward. I can't say what it is. There's quite sort of um, rigorous safeguarding rules for obvious reasons, um, but it's a cancer ward for teenagers and young adults. And at the moment, we're not actually allowed into the hospitals because of COVID-19. Um, and while we're really trying to develop ways that we can um, engage with patients without actually being there, but it's quite hard because of all these safeguarding rules. Um, but I'm really pleased to say that I've um, managed to connect with one of the, with one of the patients that we work with there. She's called Lauren, and she's a really incredible young person um, who uses creativity in such a therapeutic way for herself. And um, <clears throat> yeah, she's in a situation now where she's in isolation. You know, we're all in isolation, but Lauren would have been in isolation anyway to a much um, more drastic extent. Um, so yeah, I've been really, really lucky to be able to reach her despite the said safeguarding things and um, get an interview with her, which you're going to hear in a minute. So we're, we were unable to actually kind of speak with each other, but I wrote down a bunch of questions and sent them to her over email and she's voice recorded them and sent them back to me. So Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time to do this for the radio show it's such a privilege to be able to sort of hear your perspective and to hear your poems to hear your art um but before we hear from lauren i'm going to play you a piece of music by stack who is the other musician that i work with on this particular cancer ward and yeah she's amazing she's a, an amazing um practitioner and an amazing musician this is hippo love it's the blue daisy remix of her ep perpetual which is on spotify go and check it out shouts to all my fam on the vocal beats team how about you be mine how about you take everything i told you 
I'm 22. I'm currently being treated in hospital for leukemia. I was actually diagnosed in October 2019 after having a blood test because um, I had an ongoing skin rash at the time. My first thought was that I'm actually allergic to tan. Now I know I can self-tan away as much as I want. Last thing you expect is it's cancer, but here we are. Since I can remember, I've always loved music. When I was younger, I used to be in the local school choir and um, poetry and writing, that's all coming back to me now, being in here, being in hospital. I used to do it a lot when I was younger and then I kind of forgot about it and didn't really pick up a pen for a long time. But being in hospital, you've got a lot of time on your hands and a lot to think about. And picking up that pen just seemed a lot easier. Um, especially since I'm not a very emotional person. I mean, I don't tend to talk about how I'm feeling. I don't really like to sit there and dwell and get upset. And I'm not much of a crier. But having something to let out emotions because obviously dealing with cancer or de dealing with anything to be honest anything that's struggling people need to people need to let it out and it's healthy to have a cry every now and then and I find that writing how I'm feeling in whether it be in a song whether it be in a poem it's just a release and it's an escape and it just makes it makes it easier to deal with um, all the struggles that you face every day because cancer is not easy to live with um, physically and emotionally. So having something that you can enjoy and use as a coping mechanism is really important. My favourite part of my week is when vocal beats come round on a Wednesday. It's something that I really, really enjoy. And it's not only because I get the chance to have a little sing-song and um, it lifts my spirits that way, but also because I think I've made some great friendships. And it just gives you something to look forward to. In hospital, it can be quite boring, you know, it's, yeah, you're not feeling very well, you're feeling tired, you feel pretty miserable a lot of the time. So having something to lift your spirits, have something to look forward to, you know that, you know, every Wednesday, Vocal Beats is coming around and they're gonna spend an hour with you and they're gonna listen to my poems, listen to my songs, and give me some feedback on them, and then have a little sing-song. It's just something that, it makes a difference. It makes a difference to the week, and um, it's something that I'm truly missing at the moment. 
with coronavirus. Unfortunately, it's been put on hold. So that's something that I'm definitely missing, but I'm still writing. I haven't stopped my writing. I haven't stopped my my singing um, being in here. So, yes. We're gonna hear more from Lauren in a minute, but first, I just wanna play this tune for you. It's Can't Be Enough by Heather McClelland of her new EP, China Mind. As for the coronavirus, I mean, it's scary stuff to think about. Um, I'm in isolation anyway. I would have been in isolation whether there was coronavirus or not because I'm having... Well, I've had my transplant and um, when you have your transplant, you don't have any white blood cells to fight infection. So they isolate you from everyone else just to protect yourself because you don't have any immunity. So I would have been in isolation anyway. Um, it just turns out the rest of the world has joined me in isolation. And they are, um, well, by the sound of it, by my friends and family, everyone seems to be struggling. So it, yes, yeah, it's, it's weird times. I, I'm yet to kind of see it because I've been in hospital. So I haven't really seen it other than online and obviously on the news but it just doesn't seem real to me. Being in here, it's, it, yeah, it doesn't seem real at all. Obviously now, after my transplant, I'm more vulnerable than ever because I don't have an immune system as of yet. I am gonna have to rebuild one slowly, which is gonna take time. Um, so yes, I'll be, isolating in my house which will be great because it means that I'll have a lot more rooms to spread my legs right now I'm isolated into one room and uh, once I get home I, at least I'll have the garden and get some fresh air because I haven't had haven't been outside in over a month and I can't open the windows so I haven't felt fresh air for over a month so I'm excited to leave and uh, go home. So the two poems that I'm gonna read are poems about cancer and about my emotions when I first got diagnosed. So I was, I think I wrote both of them within my first week of being in hospital. So I think I, I still even had my hair at that point. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, it was very new to me living with cancer and it was all the worries and the fears of what's going to happen, you know, am I going to survive it? Um, how's my life going to change? All those kind of questions that you ask yourself, that's kind of where the two poems stem from, um, all the worries and the fears. So as for inspiration, Kate Tempest is a new inspiration of mine. Um, I've only just recently discovered her and I am obsessed. <laughs> so yeah, I love, I love listening to her. I think um, one, because she's female. Two, because everything she says is so empowering and just raw, which I think is really important when it comes to writing that not only are you speaking your truth 
and talking about how you feel, but you also make an impact on other people's emotions. So I'm going to play a couple of Lauren's poems now, but just before I do, I want to say thank you so much, Lauren, for contributing to this show and taking the time to send those voice notes over. Um, Yeah, it's just really, really valuable to hear what you've got to say and um yeah thank you for sharing your experience with us stack and me really miss you a lot and everyone else on the ward as well uh yeah just really thinking of you and sending you our love and yeah thanks again for your input much love to you lauren they say we will make you better they say we're here to help i know i need to trust them i do trust them i will get better But why do I feel like I'm losing myself? I'm sticking my head in a big bucket of water and losing my reflection, distorting my image. I come up and it's hard to breathe. My head feels ice-cold throbs. Yet when I reach the air, I'm not alone in this murky water. Images, faces, people, they are there. They are joining me. How can I feel so much closer to everyone else, yet I feel so disconnected from myself? A sea of people just holding me up, yet I can't stand on my own two feet. I know I will get better and this will make me grow, but for now I sink into the abyss, the abyss of the unknown. If you want to suck me dry, then do it, I can take it. If you want to pump me full, then do it, I can take it. If you want to make me truly cry, then do it, I can take it. But please don't let me die, just get me through it, I want to make it. service i come with a bag of what i've got and um i'm happy to (laughs) rummage around in aforementioned bag for the answers to any questions that you think your listener will want to hear great my listener my one (laughs) listener (laughs) (laughs) all right so um dad (laughs) hello hello thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me on the radio it's an absolute pleasure. We chat anyway, so why not chat on the radio too? <laughs> yes. And the reason that, um, well, one of the reasons that I wanted to ask you to do this is because um, we have this way of communicating with each other at the moment where we will leave each other what we're calling like personalized podcasts. Mm. So one of us will send, well, mainly you'll send me a 30 minute voice note. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just really nice. Um, I'll, I'll sort of listen to that and sort of digest it and respond to it in a, when I know I've got time to. And I've just really found, um, I've just really found the like, content of what you've been saying really, really useful and grounding and just, yeah, helpful in this pretty crazy time. Um, so I wanted to invite you and share a bit of that around. Okay. So obviously to me, your dad, Yes, um, correct. Well <laughs> spotted. Yeah. So how would you um, like to introduce yourself to other people to whom you're not dad? Oh, to whom I'm not dad, <laughs> which is basically everybody else um, in the world other than you and Ella. Okay. 
Um, I would introduce myself by saying hello. Also, always a good start. <laughs> uh, my um, my non dad name is Fred. Oh yeah, you're also a human being. Yeah, in your I'm own a human right, being <laughs> in my in in my own right. And um, usually, you introduce me as dad, and people look at me and say hello, dad. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not your dad. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so yeah, I'm called Fred, and um, I do a number of different things for a living. Um, I trained as a, as a mental health nurse and I specialised in children and young people and families mental health which I did for 28 years or so and now I teach nurses, um, mental health nurses, adult nurses, children's nurses um, that's one thing that I do and I also as part of that I specialised in working with parents so I do some work for a charity called Parents Plus, um, who put together programs, groups um, for parents who are struggling in their relationships with their kids. And a few other bits and bats as well. And when I'm doing what I really love doing, I'm sat at my, what I've come to call my plink plonk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for everyone else, that was, was that, did I call it that? You used to call it plink plonk. Yes. Plink plonk means piano. And I used to call it plink plonk when I was a little. You did. Little thing. Um, and you have two daughters, one of whom is me. And yep. the other one is ours and she's nine years old. So there's a really big gap between us um so right now um <clears throat> your experience right now is in isolation as a dad of a nine-year-old yeah just being around a nine-year-old human who actually said to me the other day dad i didn't know my childhood was going to be like this wow yeah which oh is God. yeah that's pretty oh, much par for the cause for ours that's what she's like she's brilliant she's very astute she's very direct and very perceptive and um, she says it how it is. Yeah, she wasn't expecting her childhood to be like this. How did you respond to that? Um, I said, um, no, I wasn't expecting your childhood to be like this. I wasn't expecting this to be happening at all at any point in my life. Um, and it is a bit weird, isn't it? And we took it from there. Mm. Um, so one of the things that um, I've been thinking about is how actually... BC, which mm -hmm. is before Corona, <laughs> um, I actually kind of already was in a state of, uh, I don't know, I, I guess like a state of um, feeling the need to really be with my fear of the unknown um, and not just fear of the unknown, just like acknowledge the unknown. Mm. Um, anyway before this all happened because of you know what's going on with the climate crisis and everything mm. um and now going into this um strange isolation time that's happening um it's really brought that to the surface like in such a major way yeah. um so one of one of the things that you were kind of talking about at, like anyway also um is about adaptation and and one of the things you said to me actually quite recently was what do you mean go back to normal we're not going back to normal what kind of norm what did you like about normal before what was good about that that you want to go back to um and i completely agree um and i'd love to hear hear some of that from you now 
Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, sorry about that. That little rant about going back to normal. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I no, it's great. It's bang on point. Well, I, um, you know, I kind of think I've heard a couple of people say, you know, when we get back to normal and I've, I've mm. watched them say it and I've heard them say it and I thought, gosh, they actually believe that there is a thing called going back to normal and that this thing called normal um, is a thing worth going back to, you know, and I went away and I thought, oh, I'll have a little think about that. And I arrived somewhere completely different. Um, first of all, there is no going back in that mm-hmm. this, this experience is so, you know, as we said, off the map, it's so not part of everybody's life plan. You know, I can't, I can't imagine anybody today going, ah, yeah, when I was nine, what I was really planning for was a pan global pandemic and I was going to build my life around that. And yay, here I am. I've achieved it. Fantastic. I can now write my <laughs> memoirs. Nobody was doing that. Everybody's gone. What the hell's this? Um, and going through this set of new experiences creates new humans inevitably, right? Mm. There isn't like a map for this kind of thing. I mean, we've had world wars and we've had all kinds of global incidents which also changed humanity. So I think at the end of the Second World War, the NHS was born, right? It didn't exist. Why would you want to go back to a no NHS world? You know, it, it just mm. things move forward in, in so many good ways and also so many not so good ways. The point is, you know, no going back, not possible, yeah. different humans. And then the normal thing, it's like back to normal. Well, let's look at that normal. Um, and I actually did a, a lecture to some students about this last week and um, showed them some pictures of what was like, what life was like before COVID-19 um, trundled along for huge swathes of people in the world, right? You know, kind of starvation, um, uh, war, uh, disease and displacement and fear and uncertainty and homelessness and joblessness and so on and so on and then covid came along and for those people that life's still there that's normal so our normal might have been great but for loads and loads of people across the planet their normal wasn't so great and remains not so great at this point Mm. so um i that's where i arrived at nah back to normal no thank you no back no normal thank you very much yeah, that's really, really beautiful insight, Dad. Thank you. Um, so we're going to break up the interview with one of the tunes that you've yep. um, recommended to play. So um, I'm going to play Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds. Oh, thank you. Um, why did you pick this tune? Oh, because um, A, it's, I love the birds with their jangly guitars and their glorious harmonies. <laughs> um, and they're from an era of history where a window opened for possibility. Um, and so mm. when you invited me to pick some tunes, I thought, right, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the 60s and rummage around. Um, and everything has its time, basically. That's basically what the song's about. Everything yeah. in human experience has its time. So now is the time for this. So another thing you've been talking a lot about for a while um, is deep 
adaptation. Yeah. Um, and you've been sharing some really valuable um, tools with me, I guess, that I'd love to hear you talk on now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Deep adaptation. Well, I came across um, the concept of deep adaptation in a, an academic paper I read over a year ago by a guy called Professor Jem Bendel. And uh, Jem, um, I'm still a professor of sustainable business at the University of Cumbria. And um, he took a, took a sabbatical because I was struggling with the words sustainable and business sitting next to each other. Um, and he wanted to go off and look at, the, look at all the climate science and come to some consistent conclusions. And the paper he wrote, um, he couldn't get it published. So there's a process, when you write an academic paper, there's a process called peer review. So a bunch mm. of your peers wow. read the thing and they read it and they kind of, they either go, wow, yeah, this rocks. Or they go, no, oh, this leaks here and it leaks there. You know, you need to make a few amendments. So when it comes out, you know, it's got some kind of credibility to it. It's not like, oh yeah, I got pissed one night and just kind of wrote this thing. And here it is. It's like, it's been picked apart a bit by my peers. Do you and feel like that was because it was so challenging for people to read? Yes. Um, it is challenging to read, um, partly because of the climate science, but largely because of the conclusions he comes to about that, which, yeah. um, you know, he talks very frankly about collapse, uh, societal collapse, environmental collapse, economic collapse, just every collapse you can imagine. And the, yeah. the reviewers just had a real problem with the lack of positivity, the lack of hopefulness or something. Um, in fact, mm. one of the references in this paper uh, is something along the, the article is something along the lines of why hope is dangerous in times of climate crisis, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I thought, God, I'd never thought to see the word hope and dangerous sat next to <laughs> I remember when you told me, I don't know, I was going through some sort of like wobble and you told me about you you were like no you said something about hope being dangerous and i was like what do you mean no i don't want to hear it go away shut up <laughs> exactly and so and and all the all, you know all his peers said the same what do you mean shut up you've got to give us some kind <laughs> of silver lining or something you know and what the point he was making was just like you know hope's okay so long as you're not just using it to make yourself feel better it's like you know that actually right feeling not okay about a situation that's not okay that not okayness drives some kind of action you know if it's like hope is like mm, nah, I'll be yeah. all, oh, someone will sort that out oh it'll be fine oh they'll get through it and I'll crack on and do something else and have nothing to do with this it's like well that you know he's what he's saying that doesn't really work and I kind of quite agree actually so it's not necessarily I guess it's a kind of um a certain shade of hope isn't it it's like yes. hope yes in my yeah, in my sort of experience, hope, yeah, hope there's like the way you're describing it there, that's definitely not useful. But then there's also, um, there's also another kind of hope, I guess, which also drives action. Yeah. It's kind of a, re, a redefinition of hope, you know, yeah, redefining the clarifying yeah. of hope. So mm. the, that, that paper, you know, it had all this stuff about climate science and, and, you know, potentially very, very bad news. And that side of the paper tends to eclipse the other side of the paper, which is deep adaptation. So he kind of discusses the climate science and comes to his pretty gloomy conclusions. Mm. Um, and then he gets to the so what bit. And um, ad adapting was, was an idea that he threw into the ring that had me think, yeah, adapting, I quite like that. Let's read on. 
And he's come up with a really simple conceptual model for his idea of deep adaptation. And it's one letter of the alphabet repeated four times, four R's. And um, uh, so the first R is resilience. Uh, the second R yeah. is relinquishment. The third R is restoration. Mm. And the fourth R is reconciliation. And um, therefore wow. grand words anyway, aren't they? They're starting <laughs> to nice bits of language there. And each R is, is, is kind of followed by, you know, a question and, you know, you could make up your own questions to kind of fat that out a bit. So resilience is, is fundamentally what, what really matters to me that I want to hang on to, um, to keep me going, Mm. um, for resilience, for relinquishment. What do, what, what would I do well to let go of, um, in order to avoid further harm? Restoration. The question is something along the lines of, you know, what do I need to bring back? What, what, what did I used to know? What did I used to do um, that I can bring back and reignite here now in the present um, in order to create some healing and um, increase the likelihood of things turning out, if not okay, um, not as bad as they might do. <laughs> you know, and then the last one, yeah. reconciliation is what do I need to reconcile myself to? Who do I need to forgive? What do I need to yeah, make peace yeah. with? You know, just to stop creating so much harm because there's, there's enough there already. So there's those kind of questions. Um, yeah, resilience, relinquishment, let go of, restoration, bring back and, and reconciliation. And they can be done on an individual level. They can mm. be done, a couple can do it. You know, a family can do it. A community can do it. God knows a whole planet can do it. Yeah. You know, That's amazing. Questions. Yeah. Thank you, dad, for sharing that. So um, we're going to play another of your tunes now. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to play on a clear day. You can see forever oh. by the peddlers. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, just let us know why you chose that tune to play. Just listen to the lyrics, listen to the lyrics and take them in and see yourself for the glory that you actually really are. Earlier on, I was sat with my housemates and I was trying to write out some questions for you um, that I'd ask you, which was when I realized that actually my skill set isn't currently in coming up with interview questions. That's definitely something I need to work on. Um, but I thought I'd ask them if there was anything they want to hear from you. Um, so yeah, here's a couple of questions from the audience. Oh yeah, cool. Um, so one of the questions from Barney was top three practical tips for getting through a day in quarantine. Okay, <laughs> top three practical tips. Oh, tip one, mindset. Before you do anything, before you go scrabbling around on Facebook, um, for all those uh, yoga online uh, courses or chakra rebalancing or meditation or whatever it is, before we go anywhere near that, top tip one, bear in mind that this is a process of learning. So um, what I'm getting at is, is there's a pile of knowledge over here and wisdom and practical tips that have uh, not been applied by you, listener, um, in this particular situation 
And so um, you don't really know which one of those things is going to work for you and how. So build in some time to mess it up. Build in some time mm. to completely freak out. Build in some time to fall to pieces. Please try and avoid doing these things in order to not fall to pieces. Because through falling to pieces, you will find the things that work for you. It's a live experiment, if you like. Okay? So that's the first top tip. That's um, great. Love it. The, the, second, the second top tip is um, of all of the things that I have found consistently useful in my life as a practice is the one that's called meditation. Um, and I do believe there are lots of different words for it. Some people call it mindfulness, you know, some people call it kind of pure concentration. It doesn't really matter. But there are lots of different ways out there that I've learned where I can just sit and be with myself just the way that I am and just the way that I'm not. And um, that that's helped me through loads of sticky points throughout my life. And it's delivered the goods now. Um, so I would say top tip two, find some meditation practice that works for you. Go back to point one. If you find a meditation practice and it doesn't work, don't end up going meditation's a lot of crap, it doesn't work. Trust me, it works, but it's like a, a golden key. It is the one for you. So kind of use this as an opportunity, I guess, to find out, okay, what's my meditation practice then? What do I do? Mm. What do, I do? You know, some people meditate like on a marathon for hours. It's like, oh, <laughs> me no, just like absolutely. <laughs> oh, no. I did that in October. I did Vipassana and it was literally like 4 a.m. till 9 p.m. sitting on your bum. Vipassana is the SAS of meditation. It really is totally hardcore. I'm paddling around in the shallow waters. You know, I do I do 20 minutes twice a day. Thank you very much, and it um, and it it does me nicely. So that's top tip two. Um, top tip three: um, stay in touch with other humans in whatever way that you can. Very 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 important. Um, the brain is a social organ. Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, like uh, your kidneys, your lungs, your livers don't need anybody else's kidneys, lungs and livers to do their thing. Your, your brain needs other brains. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we're very fortunate. We've got technology, we've got phones. Um, but, you know, stick your head out your window and just talk to your neighbours. Mm. You know, it's like there's no rules in the lockdown that says, thing that says you can't stick your head out the window and talk to your neighbours, right? Yeah. Smile at strangers. You it's know. interesting a lot of people that i've spoken to including myself because i do speak to myself yeah. um have talked just spoken about um like neighborhood communities because obviously i live in london and um there's often a massive lack of community between in within a neighborhood yeah. um and so many people are saying that this this is actually really interesting you just completely bringing people together with their neighbors and that's yeah. happening with us as well it's so a great yeah, piece of advice there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's great. It, you know, I noticed the other day um, I was pootling about outside the front of the house and this guy got out of his car and he looked across and I sm smiled and said, hey, how you doing? And he said, yeah, I'm all right. How are you? And then it was just like a complete stranger. Mm. BC, BC, I may or may not look at people and smile. Um, I definitely wouldn't ask how they were doing. I would have no interest in how they were doing. I'm so <laughs> wrapped up 
in my own thing, right? And I noticed, oh, I actually gave a damn and, and, on how they were doing. And I did, it was a genuine question. And, um, and it's like that all around our neighborhood. How are you doing? How's it going? Because we're all in this same thing. <laughs> And we all want to, and we all want to talk. We all want to say, you know, yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird. People mm-hmm. want that validation. Is it me? No, no, mm-hmm. no, no, it's all of us. It's okay. Yeah. I'm getting a bit freaked out. Yeah, that's really normal. It's not great, is it? No, it's not great. But already saying it <laughs> is really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so I've got eight percent battery left. So yep. I'm just going to um, just Use keep it going until it dies, basically. Yeah. So uh, next question um, from Chi. Um, is she would like to know how this um, crisis is impacting the mental health system? Oh gosh, what a great question. Um, not oh, just hugely and in, 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 in not a very announced way, you know, that all the focus is you know, understandably on, on the physical health side of it and, you know, the front end, as I call it, A&E and intensive care units, you know. But meanwhile, further into the, you know, into the depths of the health service, um, it's having an impact on the way services are running Mm. because everybody's at risk of getting it. Um, So, you know, if you've been sectioned or something and you had a mental health crisis in your unit somewhere, you know, that people are coming, people are going. Um, it's just an extra pressure on everyone. And it's something I'm talking a lot with the nurses I'm training at the moment. It's like they're mental health nurses and they've got no PPE, you know, that kind of protective gear. What's the PPE? PPE is the protective gear that um, frontline nurses haven't got enough of. It's masks, right, right, know, okay. masks and face masks yeah. and, and, and stuff. And yeah. Stuff and stuff. Um, but actually, it's it's likely to be affecting it <clears> as time goes on. So gradually, yeah. gradually, gradually, people who've kind of been managing fragile mental health really quite heroically through a variety of mm. ways of coping. All those ways of coping have now been ripped away from them and they're cooped up without the resources to turn to that they have. And um, it, that's inevitably going to have an impact. And then, you know, people, you kind of go along the continuum. People are kind of, you know, kind of okay being, you know, got enough to distract them from not feeling brilliant to keep them going through their life pedaling along suddenly they're kind of faced with being on their own in a place with people that they've kind of been able to live with largely by going out and going to work and doing other things suddenly like right yeah yeah it's that basically everybody's faced with their life Mm. that's what it boils down to and for some people that's not a great thing they look at they're just like oh this is my life um you know, and so um, in in the short term, yeah. a bit of creaking and groaning, but gradually, 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 we're predicting that this is going to um, predicate a, a bit of a mental health crisis. In children and young people, right. lots of problems, as you can imagine. Yeah. Other kids not being able to get out, not being able to be around their peers, you know, teenagers stuck indoors with their parents, you know, um, a lot of pressure from school to do homework just mm. kind of chaos really really difficult yeah so um six percent battery i'm oh. going to ask the last question mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is what good things can come from this that's from barney mm. what good 
oh, good. Yeah, it's the silver lining theory, isn't it? It's... Yeah, and it's also like as if you know what good things can come of this. <laughs> well, let's just look at what good things are coming from it. Let's just kind of start yeah. with, you know, what, what good... Th- and we've already touched upon that, is people mm. talking to each other and being around each other in ways that um, we're not used to doing and not used to being. So I'll take that. You know, that's a result. Yeah. You know, and on the no going back theory, once you start doing that, it's going to be really, once you start being nice to people around you, why would you suddenly start being horrible <laughs> and ignoring them, right? We've all, we will have all have come through yeah. something together. So that's a great thing. Um, the obvious thing that a few people have pointed out is no planes. Yeah, no liners. Yeah, yeah. Fewer lorries, fewer cars. And um, all the things that the rebels were pushing for and really couldn't get to happen suddenly happened. Bang. Just like that. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and another good thing that's come out of it, well, a whole bunch of people are at home being paid not to go to work. You know, and I just think, oh, I remember a, a, a famous politician berating a nurse last year, asking about health service funding, saying something about there's no magic money tree. Well, one good thing that's come out of it looks like they found a magic money tree. Good. Now we all know. <laughs> now we know there's a magic money tree, right? So that's got to be a good thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I hope mm-hmm. we remember this magic money tree. And when the moment they start saying, oh, sorry, sorry, I reckon there's an orchard full of the things out there somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, I think Agreed, the impact yeah. on, on economic thinking and how we think about how the world runs economically is um, up for discussion, I think, because what central government have had to do is the kind of thing I don't think even Jeremy Corbyn would have dared to say, let's do that. <laughs> Here we've got, you know, our, our very, very conservative government suddenly behaving like a, a bunch of extreme socialists. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, yes. I've got four percent battery left. Okay. And we've probably talked for about a quarter of the radio show. <laughs> um, but it was such a pleasure to speak with you and thank you so much for just spending the time. So for anyone who has enjoyed listening to you talk, um, how can they find you on the internet? Are you on the internet as a sort of public thing? No, I'm not, but people keep nudging me and prodding me to, to do something. So um I am going to start a podcast called Ramble On with Fred. Yeah. Because uh, apparently yeah. one of my students said, I do a good ramble. So, <laughs> you do, um, I can vouch for that. So, yeah, thank you. So, um, keep your eyes open for Ramble On with Fred. Uh, now I've said it, I'm going to have to go and do it, aren't I? Yes, you are. And when yeah. you do, I'll post it out for you. Thank you. To thank you thank my you. millions of listeners and followers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to finish on the last song that you chose, yeah. which happened to be by me Ah, excellent (laughs) so i'm gonna play you out on wish i could by me um Mm. and yeah just love you very much and i'll chat to you later on the telephone yeah take care bye bye see ya shout to my little sister my stepmom Isolating in Bristol with my dad. Miss you guys. That was one of my tunes. It's called Wish I Could. And it's off my second EP, Bad Dancing, which is on Spotify. 
thanks for choosing that dad um and thanks for having a chat with me i hope you enjoyed listening to me and dad chat uh yeah so i have actually got new music which is kind of ready to put out but i'm not sure at the moment how and when i'm going to put it out obviously it's a bit of a strange time well it's a strange time for everybody um but yeah i feel like right now is not the time even though it is ready but i will kind of yeah i'm just going to keep sussing out feeling along and see when feels right yeah so we haven't quite reached the end there's a few tunes left but this is probably going to be the last time um i do a long chat <laughs> moment so i just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone for tuning in shouts to everyone who is just yeah doing what they're doing in this time you know everyone is just doing what they're doing and however you are whether you're being really productive or whether you're just really relaxing or whether you're not actually doing either of those things and you're really struggling however you are and whatever you're doing and however you're being in this time um is completely valid and yeah i just really want to send a lot of love to everyone and um yeah kind of hold a space as well for everyone who's struggling everyone who's lost people there's a lot going on there's a lot in the field so just sending serious heart and love to everyone so yeah much love take care and I hope you've enjoyed the show.